listening to Food Trucks in Babylon, a Western Seminary podcast. Join Dr. Todd Miles and Dr. Andrew Pack as they talk about theology, culture, and ministry in a post-Christian context. Hey, this is Todd Miles, and I'm here with Andrew Pack again, and we're we're going to talk uh, today about well we're going to talk about Andrew uh, Yay. and some, some stuff these we're going so uh, Andrew what are your titles here at Western Seminary to start with oh my titles my main title is I'm the assistant professor of Christian formation and I'm the director of online learning and that's yeah is, is that what it's is that what it's called online learning online I, learning yeah I, I thought we called it something else we call what we do global oh, because okay. it's not really just online because yeah. we do we focus on intensives. And then uh, we do Zoom okay. classes, and but they gave me that title. No one changed it. Oh, indeed. Okay, because it, yeah, I've always just thought of it the, the global campus or something like something, that. And yeah. I tell people we don't actually call it online, yeah. but but we do. It's in your it's in your title. It's in my title. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you are working on you're working on a book right now. Yes. Yeah. The, the rumors out there. What is this? Uh, what is this book about? So the the focus of the book is the idea of what I'm calling a theology of response, which, if we're getting technical, is a kind of doxology, a kind of understanding of worship, and okay. trying to get under and think about how do we live. You, you, it's you hear it often. All life is worship. Yes, you know, you, I've you heard, heard that. Say that. But then how how do you? What does that actually mean? Yeah, it almost you sounds know? like you know, like if everything is worship, then then nothing is, yeah. is worship. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, and I think that's even. Uh, I, I would affirm that all life is intended to be worship, and sometimes mm-hmm. the worship of the wrong things, yeah, um, idols, whatever they might be that yes. we make, uh, putting hopes in different things. And yeah, such. that's yeah. right. Yeah, but I think it. I think it's really important when we remember on the Lord's Day that the church gathers. It's a punctuation. It's a, It's not just any other day. It's it's a, just a punctuation in our life of worship okay. or or. A, our own uh, personal devotional lives or punctuated moment of worship. But we actually, as Christian people are called to have a whole, whole Mm. life of worship. And that sounds nice, but, but I've always tried Mm. to say, but how do we actually, how how do do we do do that? that? How do we do that? How how do we help other people do that? How do we do that? It sounds super spiritual. Yeah. It sounds super duper spiritual. It it, it, it sounds like what you want to say. Yeah. And, and have be true of yourself, even if you don't know what it actually means. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you're, you're trying to put some meaning into this. Yes. Okay. Now, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know there's a little bit of autobiography that is driving yeah, that's this, right. this book. So yeah. you were sharing with me about your, even before, well, not even, but especially before you were a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Bellingham, Washington. I've lived in the Pacific Northwest my entire life. Uh, for those of you who are who don't love live here, you, you, you should know that's a hyper spiritual place, and I was a hyper spiritual person. So you wouldn't uh, think that if you were in a different part of the country, because you know the Pacific Northwest is the most unchurched place, or the yeah, least yeah, church, the or whatever. And, yeah, but it's but but it is super spiritual, even though not necessarily organized Christian religion. That's right. Yeah, yeah. people say things like "I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual," or yeah. uh, mm-hmm. "If I was a religion, I'd be Buddhist." Those yes. you know those okay. are the kinds of things people often say. Uh, and as much as the nuns can sound, uh, ah, religious, okay. it's, it's more like, you know, religion's cool. Yeah. As long as it doesn't like make any demands on anyone in any way, shape or form. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as it doesn't get in my business. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. As yeah. long as I can be Lord over. That's it, right. Yeah. 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 But I grew up, uh, you know, early on I, I was a Buddhist. Uh, I wasn't just like a Barnes and Noble Buddhist with a Dalai Lama like desk calendar. Like, <laughs> okay. you know, I was at the Shambhala center and I was involved in Shintoism. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so you're like 
Yeah. Yeah, you're legit. Yeah, I, well. This, or you're I trying. Mean, yeah, I was trying, yeah, at the okay. time. Um, and, uh, you know, in there, uh, you know, I had a pretty, you know, I met Jesus through some tattooers, and that's a whole other interesting story, but. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> they were technically a group of tattooers that had had started a conspiracy theory group. Now this is before con- okay. we just do conspiracy theory, like yeah. when they were that was a thing. Okay, uh, and then one of the guys got saved, and like dominoes, the rest of them ah. got saved and became a Bible study. Okay, um, which uh, made a weird group, but that's all another story. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that, that the tattoo folk were were like basically doing secret stuff in their tattoos on everybody. And so everybody's carrying around the mark of Jesus on them yeah, in there some you go. significant yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. But Sneaking no, that's it not in. It. Yeah. Um, but what was wild to me about the gospel, and I think it's probably wild to a lot of us, especially those of us who, who meet Jesus later in life. What was really clear that every system that I was u- using for lack of a better word, everything okay. I was after was something about how I was the sojourner on the journey to find truth or whatever silly thing I was thinking about myself at the time. Right. Okay. It was all about me getting up to God. And in the gospel, as I was reading the Sermon on the Mount and received Jesus, I became really clear that this is about God coming down to save me. Mm-hmm. And when I was being honest, which I think all of us need to have these moments of honesty, I needed saving. My my hands were empty. I, w- I, I my hands were actually full of garbage. Okay. Um, and okay. I, and I got saved. And so this gospel of grace just I was just enthralled by it. This idea yes. that man, I, I can't earn it. I, it's just poured out on me. You know, this, these Ephesians one and two realities. And um, and as I started engaging in church life, you know, pretty soon it's just like run the bases. Oh, you're a new Christian. Well, you need to get baptized, and no one t- took the time to explain what that actually meant to me. You just mm-hmm. need to do it. Oh, and you need to be in a small group, and you start serving, and you need to read the stack of books. And on the face of it, it just felt like the motivational structures behind everything didn't really feel that much different. Okay. And that it was incongruent with what I was seeing in the Bible and this Jesus who saved me and the truth of his gospel and the way it was being lived out. And I, and I knew Mm -hmm. this is by God's grace and, Mm -hmm. and mercy. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't like walk away from it and say, well, it's just like everything else. I actually said, no, 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 no. There's something here in the word that's right. And, and it's not congruent with how we're doing this thing but I want to. I want whatever's here. I want whatever's in this gospel. Um, There's something genuine and authentic about Jesus. Yes. That 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 is greater than what many of his self-proclaimed followers are right. are, are yeah. living out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that just became, you know, began sort of this long journey of of. Um, you know, trying to understand what it means, what my friend Bill would call a grace-based rhythm. Okay. <laughs> you know, what does it actually mean to, to have Christian practice or spiritual disciplines? And this is really where it started for me. It was like, how do I read my Bible in a way that's... Mm. Because honestly, when I first became a Christian, no one had to tell me to do it. I just wanted to do it. Okay. Like no one needed to put on my, my task list. I just wanted in this thing. Which is what we think when we think of a spiritual discipline. We have right. to yeah, discipline yeah. ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, Paul, Paul told Timothy. Paul right? told Timothy. So we do want to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't read your Bible, you know, you're, you're, if, you don't, if you're not doing this stuff on purpose, mm-hmm. you won't do it yeah. in my experience. And, and, and yet, how does that coincide with grace? Right. Because yeah. it's, it's easy for it to become a duty, something that you check off. Yeah. Okay. That's right. All right. 
Um, and so kind of in enter uh, in that pursuit, seeing that I actually think the answer's all over the Bible. Okay. It's, it's everywhere. Um, but the focus, at least the first chapter in the work I'm working on, is on Luke 19 and Romans 12, okay. and what I'm calling, again, a, a theology of response. Theology of response. Luke 19, uh, the story of Zacchaeus. The story of Zacchaeus. Now, okay. what's really interesting about the story of Zacchaeus, I think you have to remember, we all have to remember with, with Luke, and I'm, I'm in the camp that says Luke should be Luke-Acts, not Luke and Acts. Okay. You know, it's volume one, volume two. Okay. Uh, we have to remember Luke, who he is. He's this physician, uh, not a physician you want working on you, but you know he's super smart. Okay, his yeah. his Greek is very advanced when you when you read what he's writing. Like when you read what yeah. he's saying, it's very good advanced. Good, good yeah. historian. Good writer. Good, good historian. Yes. Uh, detective. Mm-hmm. You know, investigator. Um, and at the same time, these these scrolls that he's writing, he's probably pushed the sort of the. It's hard for mm. us to think about this with Google or whatever, but he's pushed the technological limits of his day. Okay. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, and this will date me, uh, we didn't have computers. We had computer labs, and we'd go play Oregon Trail. And that's pretty much all we did on the computer. Oregon Trail. It's still a great game. Still a great game. Uh, you know, and so you put the big floppy disk in, and halfway through, it says you have to flip it over. Because you've sure. hit the technological yeah. limits of Oregon Trail, you flip it over and hit enter and can keep going. Which, which is interesting, because you're going to die of dysentery. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Re- regardless of right. what part. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to die of dysentery. Eventually. It's going right. to... A broken arm's going to get you. You're like, oh, what a horrible way to die. Um, but in a sense, Luke is doing. He's pushing mm-hmm. the limits. And so I would argue that, that, and that what Luke has here, he's doing on purpose. He's careful. Um, well, so why do we hear about the Zacchaeus guy? Like, I didn't grow up in the church, but everybody I know who grew yeah. up in the church knows basic biolog- or, uh, biographical facts. He's short. Yep. He's and- a wee, well, he's a wee little man. He's wee. Yeah, he's wee. <laughs> he's, a, he's a wee little man. Because yeah. wee rhymes with tree because he climbed up a sycamore tree. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like, okay. That's, that's yeah. it. That's all we got. That's right. Uh, but in the, in the language there, he's a chief tax collector. He's an arch tax collector. He's this, nice. he's, you know, so he's a, he's a, scumbag or whatever. Okay. You know, he, but then it says, and he, he was rich and, um, well, duh, like he's a boss tax, tax collector. Mm-hmm. Like, of course he's rich. He's, he's, he's ripping people off to, to support, uh, you know, the hegemonic ruling Roman soldiers who are there beating up his neighbors. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a horrible human being. Yes. Just a total horrible human yeah. being. But if, if he's we, a horrible human being, even if you don't factor in the Roman Jewish betrayal that's yes. going on oh, there yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, it's deep. Yeah, yeah it's deep. Like, uh, he's clearly Jewish. He's funding the the military, you know, because they don't, we we often forget that they don't have uh, ATM machines or whatever. Yeah. It's not like they're getting paychecks from Rome. They're taking money from Jewish people in Judea, handing it over to the Romans. The Romans are handing it over to the soldiers. Like, mm. like your money is going to them, like, that day. <laughs> It sucks. It's really bad. So it doesn't feel fungible at no, that point. Yeah, it's like no. They are literally yeah. taking your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's concrete. It's real mm-hmm. cash, you know, or, or gold or whatever. Um, so then the question I started asking others, you know, as I studied Luke's gospel, others are asking this question, well, why would he even bring this guy up? There's lots of sinners and there's lots of tax yeah. collectors. So why waste our time? So in, in, in my hermeneutics class, I, I talk about the, the principle of selectivity in the narratives mm, yeah. because they can't tell you everything about everything. That's right. They, they have an agenda. They yep. they pick 
specific events to drive that agenda, That's to get right. you from point A to point B, wherever they want you to be. And, 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 and even in the narratives themselves, they can't tell you everything. So they're very selective. Totally. And so every word counts. And, and I know we believe that from a Christian confessional standpoint, like all scriptures, God breathed, verbal plenary, all, all, inspiration, yep. all of that. Um, but from a narratival strategy, every word matters. That's right. Every word matters. Okay, so go yep. go for it. Yeah. And so he was rich. So why does that word matter? Because, I mean, duh. Yeah. Right? Um, I think it's interesting if you're in a paper Bible. I'm on Accordance Bible software here, so I scroll down. But if you're in a paper Bible, usually you just flip it or it's on the same page and you go to, to Luke 18 where you hear about the rich young ruler. I think it's supposed uh, to be the big, eh, eh, eh. Like okay. he was rich. Remember, we just so if we're we're reading this off a scroll on the Lord's Day as the early church, uh, you and I are illiterate, and somebody else had to read it to us, yep. and no one's saying uh, verse one says this and verse two says this. They're just reading it, yep. and we would have just heard, we would have just heard about this other rich guy. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about this other rich guy, he's like the opposite of uh, of Zacchaeus. As I scroll down to find him, it says rich young ruler. It doesn't actually say he's young. He just says he keeps the commandments from the youth, uh-huh. which is an interesting point. Sort of. That um, is. That is interesting. Uh, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. And uh, he, and you always know it's bad when Jesus asks you a question you're about yeah. to. Is this like an oblique reference to his deity, do you think? Oh, I, th- I think that's what Jesus is after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's pointing out this guy doesn't get, I, I think, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he's trying to make sure that we all know this guy doesn't see me for who I am. Yeah. He doesn't get it. Yep. Um. You know, he's the, not denying that he's God. He's not even denying that he's good, Jesus. He is he's no. saying, why do you call yeah, me? That's right. Yeah. Good. And, and it's a lot, what we're, we're about to see is a lot about who the rich young, so-called rich young ruler yep. sees and what Zacchaeus is up to. Okay. Okay. Because there's a contrast here. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we have this, so he's, he's, we hear these kept the commandments from his youth. We see that he's rich. Uh, I think we have that tendency to think that just because someone's got money, they've been blessed by God in a sense, in that Roman sense that God's kindness is meant to lead to repentance. But there's also that sort of like Ecclesiastes, Bon Jovi, yeah. uh, Bruce Springsteen sense that like in our broken world, the good die young and sometimes the evil like get richer and richer and have evil children and they give all their riches to and they continue to be evil. Um, however, that's still kindness that's meant to lead there's a, a kindness of God to, that's mentally to the repentance. But anyways, you would look at this guy and say, wow, this guy's life's all put together. He's rich. Mm-hmm. And as far as they can tell, he's faithful. Um, and we could talk about what that means. People take that, I think, in a, a lot of different ways when he says, I've kept all these from my youth. Uh, I think he probably has. He's probably kept the covenant. Okay. And when he's screwed up, he's gone and done the right things to be to be made right. I don't think he's claiming to be sinless. Some people want to be cynical and say, yeah, right. And you're like, well, he, yeah, he's got the, the Jewish legal system sure. behind him. And he's, and he's done it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not talking about a denial of total depravity. That's here. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about a, a kind of blamelessness before the law, perhaps. That's or right. Something. Yeah. And, and, and it might even be exaggerated. Who totally, knows? totally. I'm, I'm sure it probably was. But, yeah. But, yeah. you know, when he's, he's killed his turtle doves, he's done his thing. He's done his you thing, know. yeah. You know. He's a good Jewish man. That's right, yeah. And so that's what everyone sees. They see a really good guy from the outside. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus says the scariest thing ever. One thing you still lack. Okay, what is it? So all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come. 
follow me. Leave it all behind and come with me and you'll be saved. Mm. Forget about all that and go with me. And this guy who's all put together and, and is, I think he's, this is me thinking, what's sure. that? Yeah. I think he's expecting Jesus to say, good for you. Keep going. Yeah. You're awesome. You're yeah. rich and you follow the rules. Yeah. Uh, and as, as what happens when we're expecting a compliment and don't get one, uh, he becomes exceedingly sad. But, but it's because he's really rich. Of course, the disciples ask this great question. If, mm-hmm. if he can't do it, then what are we going to do? And yeah. Jesus gives us this quote about the, the camel and the eye of the needle. And you remember, oh, yeah, it's God who saves, not with, what, with what's possible with man is impossible, or what's, what's impossible for man is possible with God. Mm-hmm. And that's good news for all of us, by the way. Now, fast forward. So we've heard this story about this guy who thinks, who you'd think like, oh, yeah, he's got it all together and he doesn't have it. And then we come to the story of Zacchaeus, and he, he, especially the, we have that funny thing that it's, I think, hard for us to remember that there was a time when someone heard this for the first time, and no one had ever heard mm. this before. Like, Luke actually hands this to somebody at some point, yeah. and they don't yeah. know the punchline. <laughs> yeah. And um, sometimes we become so familiar with these stories, we, we know the punchline. But there was a time when I'd never heard this story before, which is amazing. And all it's, it's true for all of us, of course. But I have no memory of when that was. Yeah. Because I grew up singing the song. Yeah. Yeah. With a little flannel graph. Totally. Zacchaeus and Jesus and a sycamore tree. And yeah. And so you've known the punchline. I have. You know, I, I can't remember not knowing the punchline. Yeah. And it's, and at some point in time, someone was reading this and they, the song was not a number one hit yet. Uh, and so all these people see this, and Zacchaeus, so he ran ahead and climbed into the sycamore tree to see him. That's Jesus. So his goal is not, how do I get eternal life? Like, how do I get to heaven? Which is a great question. We want everyone to go to heaven and to receive yeah. Christ and whatever. It's not a bad question. But he's not after the goal. He's after, is this the one, I think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's a corrupt Jewish man, but he's a Jewish man nonetheless. Yeah, he's got some eschatological yeah. impulse, yeah. right? He's, he's, he's yearning for the hope. That's right. Even though he's kind of compromised himself and most would think he's disqualified from that hope. That's right. Yeah. And of course, a careful read of some of those prophetic writings says that yeah, even people like you who've broken the covenant, though I was, you know, Jeremiah 31 through 34, you broke the covenant, but I'm going to fix, like, yeah. Good. who knows what he's thinking? You know, yeah. like, I think he's got some sense that maybe this is Messiah. Yeah. And Maybe I've got a chance. Yeah. If I have to go through my synagogue to get there, I got no shot. Yeah. But if I can go straight to the guy, maybe right. I've got a shot. And yeah. so, and, and, and if you think about this bureaucrat embarrassing himself, he runs yeah. ahead. He, tax collector, God, you know, he's like a godfather or whatever. They don't yeah. run. You know, Darth Vader doesn't run, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And he jumps up in the street and he's making a fool of himself, all that he might see who Jesus is. And then Jesus says, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. Mm. And a, another thing I think we often miss, so, well, he hurried down and received him joyfully. He's pumped. But then, and they who saw it, the crowd, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of the man who's a sinner. And then I think grammatically here, verse eight, and so they're doing that. And while they're grumbling, Zacchaeus hears them, Jesus hears them. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, in front of all these people, in an oral society that where when you an honor shame culture where you say it out loud in front of them, you you better do what you're about to say. Okay. Instead of the, in front of the crowd, he says, uh, 
Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone, which is like everybody here, mm-hmm. of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And they all heard him say it. Mm. That's his response. Any chance that he had heard Jesus talking to the rich young ruler and where it says, one thing you lack? I mean, maybe. Well, I, I, know, I, I don't know. I, I, there's no reason to think that. Yeah. It, no Luke, doesn't, Luke doesn't key us no, into that. he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, well, he's in a totally different town. Too, yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so what to me is fascinating about this, and then Jesus, of course, just says this, today salvation has come to this house where he too is the son of Abraham. He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, once you actually do that, mm. then salvation okay. is going to come. Zacchaeus, once you do that and follow me and, and I test you out for six months, then you're saved. He, he actually makes this, today salvation mm. has come. Mm-hmm. And everyone's really ticked off about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're supposed to juxtapose these two figures, one who you'd think is sort of good with God and one who's obviously not, who has this encounter with Christ. And then this thing plays out. Mm. And it's just fascinating to me that Zacchaeus just saw Jesus for as much as he could in that moment. Mm-hmm. See Jesus for who he is and say, I don't need any of these things. I don't, I don't need this stuff. And I, and I think that's, to me, that's at the core of our Christian, the, that's the foundation for formation. So his response, what you're arguing, is not, say, works-based yeah. He, he's not trying to earn his way into good graces. He's not trying to pay off the the guy on top. This is this is like the 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 response of a genuine encounter, converting encounter with yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if anyone has the sort of credential to say whether salvation's <laughs> arrived or not, Jesus yeah, is the yeah. one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of things that we're we're supposed to discern that, quite frankly, are beyond our pay grade, yeah. but they're yeah. not beyond Jesus. That's he, right. He, to quote the end of John chapter two, he knows what's in a man. That's right. Yeah. And and you know Jesus seems to call people out when they try and do stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so again, Jesus says salvation's come. So I think salvation's come. Um, but he already perceived the heart of this other guy. He already looked, sort of mm-hmm. looked into him, so to speak, yeah. and knew what he needed. And he doesn't do that with Zacchaeus. Yeah, this is a whole other experience. Yeah. Side note, but it's it's always interested me that as he says that tough thing to the to the rich, maybe young yeah, yeah, ruler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Mark's account of it, he tells us that when Jesus says to him. Uh, one thing you lack. Uh, he precedes that by saying, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Yes. Oh, yeah. Loved him. And so he, oh, he's, yeah. he, he says this hard thing to him, not to get rid of him, although I think he knew that's what was going to happen, sure. but yeah. he said it to him precisely because he loved him. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And I, no, I think you could, I mean, that one looking at, yeah, I think that's. There's like two words. Yeah. And it's so powerful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um, and so the way I couple that with Romans 12 in my thinking is you look at Romans 1 through 11 and you get, you know, just the lots bad, of theology, lots of theology, but, but you hear everything from uh, the, the deep truth that, that we're sinners apart from the grace of God in Romans mm-hmm. 3, uh, yeah. uh, but that he's both just and justifier. Uh, you hear all the stuff in Romans. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, Amen. I mean that's powerful stuff. Yeah. You know, Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters, the whole whole scripture, but you get all this powerful stuff. And, and I think you get with Paul and you see this in his other letters too. There's the, 
that Paul doesn't frame it out, and this is part of what helped my thinking on this, that that Paul doesn't just show up and say, hey, do this and do this and don't do that and buy this book and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. He walks in and Colossians and says, here, you know, let me lay out this thing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, he get, paints this picture of Jesus, this redeemer, the firstborn and blah, 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 blah. And I think that's what he's been doing in Romans 11 until he gets to that great song that he, you know, kind of concludes in 1136, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And then he says in verse 1 of Romans 12, I there I appeal to you, therefore. It's like he's just kind of broken out into song. Totally. Like, like yeah. a Broadway musical. He's yeah. just overcome. Yeah. And, and then I still got more to write. Yeah, I've got more to write. And because all of these things are true. Because God's forgiven you from your sins, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, and he's doing this thing with Israel, blah, 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 blah. He's restoring the world. There's no condemnation. It's amazing. And then he says, therefore. So because of that reality, Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Because of all this, and I, and I think when we start talking about like body, mm-hmm. and this, we're, we're not talking about just, so make sure you're there on Sunday. You, you know, do not neglect to meet with one another. Yep. By all means, yep. you know, uh, the Lord's Day is super important uh, in the life of the believer, but but I think he has more than the Lord's Day in mind. Uh, but I think he's saying it, but because of what Jesus has done, live and live this mm-hmm. way and live as a sacrifice. And so coming back to my thing, you know, it's sort of the, the question I sometimes ask when I'm thinking about this, you know, there's that hymn that we all love, Jesus paid it all. So if Jesus paid it all, what do I do with the rest of my life? Well, I haven't heard that verse of, of it. I've heard yeah, yeah, that yeah, Jesus yeah. paid it all yeah, part, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. not the, okay, so what do I do now? Yeah. Ironically, I used to think you could answer it with an old hymn that Enya sings. Uh, <laughs> that, and I thought the line was, because the Lord, uh, because God is Lord of heaven above, how can I keep from singing? I got the verse wrong, and Enya's theology is kind of horrible in that. But it's an old Irish hymn. But I mean, but there is that question: How can I keep from singing? If this okay. is true, yes, yeah. If this depraved person who is far from God, if Jesus has reached into my life, mm-hmm. and he's made me new, and he's given me his Spirit, and he's given me the promises, and he's done all these things. How how can I help but have joy? Mm. How can I help but love God? If I'm actually tuned to reality, if I'm paying attention, mm-hmm. in a sense, and so to me, I think that that forms this basis of this idea of a theology of response. That says, okay. "How do I do everything else? Well, I do it because of what He's done." And so that's that's sort of the foundational idea there. Mm. Um, with that, nice, very good. So, I, so, so, help me with this then. That Paul does say. Yes, you're right. Therefore, in light of all this, yeah. but then, but he adds the words, "I appeal to you." Oh, so yeah. It's like it had to be said. Yes. It's it's not yeah. um, clearly, at least in Paul's mind, they're not thinking, "How can I keep from singing?" Yeah, yeah. How, how can I keep from offering my body as a living sacrifice? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, He's not holding them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to be told to <laughs> yeah. do this, and so, yeah. so, so d- does that get in the way of uh, of response if they have to be told what to do? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. When I think about how our faith works, that that our, our faith, well, I mean, even if you look at this idea of the word pastuo, faith, faith we, we yeah. always translate it faith. I believe. Yeah. I, I think we often also miss that it can also be translated trust. Okay. Uh, and then we kind of, and it, uh, I love Billy Graham, that I have to say that before I say yeah. anything, right? Sure. That's but the... Billy's really pushed on the idea of blind faith. 
Okay. And I think that's really gotten to, into the, at least the bloodstream of, of the church mm-hmm. in the United States. And so I think when we think words like faith, we think, even if, even if everything says don't do it, I'm just going to do it. But I think when you look in the word, which is a good place to look, you know, in the Old Testament, for example. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. You know, he often says, well, I'm the God that saved you from Egypt. Remember when I saved you from Egypt? You know, I'm the God who's, who's abounding and steadfast. Remember who I am? Yeah. Therefore, trust. Okay. Therefore, live in response. And I think when we are not, as, as Christian people, when we are not living in light, and, and I'm not the first person to say something like this, of course, but when we're not living uh, in light of the scripture, it's, it's, it's often because we're actually not tuned into what reality is. Uh, we're not tuned into what, if I have, if I'm having trouble, and this is just Ephesians, right? If, if I'm having trouble forgiving someone, mm-hmm. it's often because I'm not actually paying that much attention to how much I've been forgiven. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I actually look to how much I've been forgiven, yeah. Luke eighteen, yeah. Luke eighteen. I, I'm I, sorry, uh, Matthew eighteen. Uh, yeah, Matthew yeah, Matthew eighteen. 18 yeah. yeah, if if I can see how much I've been forgiven, I, I, how much should I forgive somebody else? Mm-hmm. If I look at the debt that's been canceled, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all these parables about things like that, right? Yeah. Yep. How can you who've you know, I canceled your debt, and you you're going to hold this against them? He, he's not just saying forgive; he's saying forgive because you've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Love because you've been loved. Uh, in a sense, I think we can say be devoted to Jesus because I always want to be careful that we don't kind of get the order sure, wrong. I get but, it. But, but, but no, I think you can go ahead and say it. There's a lot of... De- Jesus has been devoted and faithful to us. Sure, I think so. And we need to be faithful to him. Yeah. And our, our motivational faithfulness is not be a good Christian, though this is what a virtuous Christian would do. Mm-hmm. Our motivation flows from his love poured out on us. Which is, a, which is this response. That's right. That you've yeah. been talking about. Yeah. Good. And I think it's all over the Bible. I think it's all over the New Testament and the Old Testament too. Um, so a, a lot of Bible, how are you going to keep this, this book of yours from just exploding into, <laughs> into 500 pages? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I am a fan of the adage that, that uh, you know, most books should be a pamphlet. Okay. <laughs> so you got to be right. careful, right? Like <laughs> it's harder to write a short book than it is to write a long yeah. book. Okay. Uh, and, uh, okay. I'm a fan of the adage, most books should be a chick track. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, oh, you know, man. I think everything should be a chick track. <laughs> okay. And, and if, if you don't know what we're talking about, just do a Google search oh. and, and, and be entertained for, for a while. And you, you'll... Uh, I once attended a church where there would always be chick tracks in the men's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you're like, what's going on here? And it turns out the facilities guy who I was, the janitor who I was friends with, eventually, because he couldn't help it, had to figure out who's doing it. Sure. He found out who's doing it. And when he talked to him, the guy had worked at Boeing and someone had left a chick track in the bathroom and he totally read it. And got saved. It got saved. And now every time it goes that's into a hilarious. bathroom, he leaves one. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so chick tracks, for those of you who don't know, were like uh, like Christian Truth meets Mad Magazine. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, they're not the most grace based or grace filled <laughs> publications you'll ever find uh, necessarily. But good. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could just totally detour it to yeah. something banal and, and pointless, yeah. like 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 uh, Mad Magazine and. and Chick tracks yeah, on something that, that actually is, was very weighty. Our, our response uh, to to the, what Christ has done for us and continues to do for us. That's right. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. This thank was, you. This was super helpful. 
You've been listening to Food Trucks in Babylon, a Western Seminary podcast. Music is provided by Cortland Urbano. If you want more information on Western Seminary, please go to westernseminary.edu. Thank you.